it is full steam ahead into week four in the National Football League in the Legend of Boom Fantasy Football League. And uh, it's been hectic. I called my shot last week when I said there would be one 3-0 and team left, I mean, undefeated team, and it wouldn't be the Piss Cats. So, congrats, you know, we usually start off the episode by beating up on BG, apparently, so this week we're going to say congratulations to BG for being the last undefeated team standing, I mean, it's got to be a relief, you got nobody else tied with you, you're alone at the top, the cats could only wish, I guess, never fucking been there, oh, look at this, Will Fuller missing practice today with injury, uh-oh, uh oh. Anyways, we're just gonna get right into it this week, boys. Like I don't got much to fucking say, I guess. And so let's go right into the fucking damn predictions. So we're into week four now. I was hoping that um I said last week that I would start, you know, getting some games right, so my predictions at least, so that that was just completely not gonna happen, I guess, I'm still shit, like, two and four last week, boys, two and four, I'm mad, I'm upset, we're seven and eleven on the season, seven eleven, brother, seven fucking eleven, that's terrible, how are you supposed to even listen to me if I can't even get these fucking right? How am I supposed to listen to myself? Then I just get all in my head. Fuck. Anyways, we're going to get into it this week. Uh, piss cats. No Christian McCaffrey? What the fuck do you think that means? They're shit. They're literally shit without C-Mac. So, as we saw, we haven't won a game this year when C-Mac isn't 100% and healthy. Or if he's like, you know, gets hurt. So, we're done. We're done. I'm done. Cats stink. The dogs are winning. The dog fuckers are going to fucking plow the cats. How about that? We're going to go on to Clark versus BG. I mean, honestly, not that I've, like, been trying to already bash on BG, like, already. But looking at it early, I was like, hey, you know what? I think Clark actually, like, my gut was kind of telling me to pick Clark. I was like, like you know what? I think Clark's going to pull off a big upset here. But, I mean, I just kind of looked into it more, and I decided... I, even if Sterling Shep isn't to go, uh, Peyton Barber, it could be an option if uh, Jacobs doesn't play. Westbrook Ikine. Pascal. Gainwell. I mean, I've seen worse flex options in the past. So, I mean, and I think the fact that, like, you know me, I don't go off projections, period. I just don't. But I was like, what the hell? It's- this is literally saying 321, 321, and then I scroll down, and Brody literally doesn't have, like, like he's got, like, two defensive players and, like, nothing else. And Clark has a full lineup. So, I mean, does make a little more sense now. Um, Clark, little unlucky on the injury bug. I mean, he's got Russell Gage, who I personally, you know, how I feel. But now he's got A.J. Brown, who's hurt, too, and that on top of it is just not ideal. And Clark's flexes this week. I'm not ever about to beat a man up, a man. I know Djax went off last week. Um, I don't know if I can rely on him to do that every week. We know it's a Deshaun Jackson we're talking about here. And, I mean, dude, like, David Johnson. 
it's tough. You know, you, you definitely got to hope for some good stuff. But um, I think just for that, the flexes being that, I, I give it to Brody this week. I honestly did think that Clark could maybe pull off an upset, though. But I think he's just got too many injuries right now. So I think BG's got a pretty fucking nice one lined up there. 4-0 coming up, I'm saying, brother. Next, we're going to move on to the Trinkler. 0-3, he's, he's last in the league, poor kid. Talked to him last night. He's devastated about it. He's playing rich. And, I mean, to be honest, it was the reason Rich probably lost last week as a pretty big reason to do what Kyler just didn't go out and get you 70 like you're used to. I think it's crazy that he dropped 37 and he's still QB1, like easy. That's crazy. Um, I also think Teddy's going to have a pretty rough game against Baltimore. It's our first real test for Denver. Don't know what to expect. Um, and you know what, like, just up and down the line, though, I think, like, it's going to be close, but I'm still not sold on the flex situation for, I mean, Jacoby Myers did have a good bounce back, so that's solid, and Callaway had that crazy touchdown catch, so maybe they could be on the up and coming. Um, also, Madison maybe could be a good play if Dalvin isn't 100% or a full go. I really, really said that I think Rich is going to pull it off, but I also think that Trunz is just due for a W. It, it, it's happening. It's coming soon. I think it's going to happen. So, uh, okay, sorry. Notifications pop up on my screen in the middle when I'm talking. It's about Ronnie Stanley, and he continues to rehab for a couple weeks. Hopes of returning sooner. Okay. I guess he's not going on IR or having surgery or that's good. Anyways, I'm going to give this one to Trends. I just think a W is bound for the kid. He's third in points for. He's got the most points against. He's just been getting really unlucky on the schedule front. At the same time, I mean, he could ha- it could happen to him again this week. I could easily see them both scoring really high points and Rich stealing it and Trends just being heartbroken again. But just to make the kid a little happier, I'm going to say he picks up the first win. Man. Planes are sketchy. Like, I hear a plane going over my house. And I always think of the ending of uh, whatever season that was on Breaking Bad when the plane just fucking crashed into another one, right? All these dead bodies are just flying out of the sky. Nuts. <laughs> what am I talking about? Anyway, we're moving on to Furley versus Moose, man. And Furley's team, you know, I was really high on it coming in. I'm still extremely high on Furley's team. Like, he, he's done a really good job. Uh, it's going to be a good one. But you know what? Moose's team's got way too much firepower. I've said it before. I'm going to stick with the guy. He, he, like, Mike Williams is so fucking good. It's scary. Like, this guy's receiving core isn't fair, man. He has Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and Mike Williams. And for those who aren't aware, Mike Williams is wide receiver two in fantasy right now. And I don't think I see any signs of slowing down. Uh, Target share 12, 10, and 9. I mean, the guy has like 30 targets in three games. He's Herb's like go-to guy besides like Keenan Allen. If Mike Williams stays healthy, he's going to finish top 10 this year if he keeps getting that, that volume. Which I see it happening. That's insane, the value Moose got him at. The Williams, man. They're grinding. They are grinding. And I also think Robert Woods is bound to turn it around. I I, I think a game is happening for him. I'm giving it to Moose. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. Moose is going to be 3-1 and one after this week. 
or are they going to be even? You boys will probably be watching most of those games together, fucking ripping each other, jerking each other, one of the two. Knack versus Neller is next. What happened last week to Knack? I mean, besides moving to Europe, what happened to Knack's fucking fantasy team last week? Because that was just disgusting to watch. Not watch, but just see. You know, I, I when I when it's Sunday, I, I'd say for the first, I don't know. It's not until the late four o'clock games that I start checking the other scores of the games. I don't know what it is, but I literally only focus on my game and I'm watching the games and just keep trying to keep up with the actual scores of the NFL games. Um, then around the end of the four o'clock games, I. I start looking around the league and seeing what's and I scroll to Max team and I'm like, bro, what the hell's going on here? It was just terrible, man. Just but you know what? Um, you're never gonna have a good week if Dalvin's out and you don't have Madison. It's like an unwritten rule if you draft like Dalvin Cook or you land Dalvin Cook, you gotta land Madison. Dalvin maybe didn't have injuries last year or whatever, but like Guys in injury history, Madison has proven he can be an RB1 if in fantasy if Dalvin's out. So, I mean, I know that I, it could be hard to get him. Rich might not want to budge, but sometimes that's what you got to do. Like, later in the season, if, if something happens to Dalvin, you're still a disgusting fantasy team if you have Madison. You're still, you know, like, I've got a lot of firepower. But if you don't have him, then you just start flushing your season away. There's always a good old saying, oh, if Dalvin gets hurt, I'm fucked anyway. It's not the case with 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 Madison be, because if Dalvin gets hurt and you have Madison, you're fine. You're literally fine because they're, maybe he's not as good skill wise as Dalvin. Fantasy wise, he's an RB one, especially in our league, especially with the touches he gets and everything. It's crazy. So I, I I don't know. I think obviously as I say this, Rich is like, oh yeah, fucking search jerking it. He's like, I'm never trading Madison. No, but I mean, if I think in some instances when you're trading for a handcuff like that. The other team knows you're desperate and they have you where you want. It's tough because you know you're going to be getting ripped. And that's that's where, you know, it comes in like, is it worth it? But I don't know. To me, Madison is like Madison, Pollard. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other, like, premium handcuffs. I mean, it's, it doesn't really work for the committees because, you know, if someone gets hurt, the other one's going to be probably fucking gross regardless. So it's more so, like... Like Chuba was one I I really had to make sure you grab I grabbed. There's guys. It's pretty much for the workhorses. And if they go down, you need the next guy up, because it's not we're like a committee where you're like, oh, if, they, if this guy gets hurt, I'm fucked anyway because they already have another guy they like there, and there's gonna be a third string that I don't really care about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just my opinion. I just think Dalvin. Uh, it's a little scary. It's an ankle injury. Could maybe be nagging. You want to make sure you're 100% before he gets out there, hopefully. Uh, you have the extreme firepower of Dalvin and Alvin and Lamar and Cooper Cup, and you got so much shit going here, man. I would just keep begging Rich, man. You got to get Madison somehow. It's just my guy. And he, I mean, he does Tony Jones, but that's a situation to me where I don't think you need him because I think if Kamara gets hurt, it's more so of a, yeah, I'm fucked situation. I don't think it's like that with Dalvin, though. But sorry to hype all of that up and get off that. But you know what, man? Next team struggled last week. Naller's team won last week. And you know what? 
I don't know what it is, but my heart says Nelson Liu is going to be even, and that's what I'm going to go with. Neller's going to win two in a row. He's going to upset Knack. Knack is going to be distraught. He's going to be pushing, pushing the panic button. At least that's what my brain is telling me. My brain's usually very wrong, but I'm going to go Neller. And then the last match of the week is Ben versus Leg. Leg is coming off a huge win. Bruise is coming off a big win. I mean, it was finally, you know, good to see Kittle back perform for Bruce. He got solid production out of uh, Sammy Watt. Juju got hurt, so that kind of also screwed him a little bit. But Austin Eckler is starting to get goal line work, which is something we're not used to. But if he starts getting that, that's dangerous for his value. Like, that's unbelievable. Um, he doesn't really have to worry about, like, a guy like Roundtree or some other guys trying to steal the goal line touches, and I think that just, Eckler easy RB1 if that's the case. I would say he was a low end before, but if he's getting the goal line work, it's just easy, like, easy, high RB1 even. But, um, down the line, I think that it's going to come down to the Monday night game pretty much because it's going to be Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, Eckler, like, so much going on the line here for Bruce. And that game, I think, is actually going to be fairly close, in which I think, like, it's going to be beneficial for him. It's not like, um, for example, if the Raiders were blowing out the Chargers, uh, and then maybe Derek Carr stops throwing the ball, or if the Chargers start get Well, honestly, if the Chargers start getting blown out, it's kind of best case. Eckler could get some dump-offs. I think that... For him, he wants that game to be close. He wants the Raiders to win, obviously, but he wants the game to be close because I think that is the best chance for everybody to stay involved in that game script. Uh, but I don't know. My heart says that uh, Legro is going to win this week. So you know what? I think part of that is because I just know Tyreek is bound to go for a fucking a stupid game. Um, not a diss on the Eagles, but they obviously didn't look really, really good. Their offense looked pretty pissed. So, I mean... Um, if you look that bad, you don't want to give the ball to KC a lot. You don't want to just keep punting the ball to them. They're bound to score a lot of points. I don't know. I don't think Philly's going to get blown out, but I think they're going to lose. And, uh, thank Tyreek and Kelsey in for a big game. So I'm going to, and I think it also really depends on how Burrow looks against Jacksonville. I think that's the one game Jacksonville's going to sur- surprise people. Thursday night coming up. They look like a literal shit up to this point. Don't get me wrong, but I think Thursday night coming up, they're going to surprise people. But I'm going to go Legro this week. I think the Brew's going to fall to 2-2. Two and two. And Legro is going to be... Look at the disrespect. Yeah, Legro's going to be 3-1. and one. That's my predictions for the week. Let's move on to uh, the power rankings. On to the power rankings. I mean... Last week, I put myself at one. Immediately after I did that, I said, watch, my team is going to go down. It didn't even take till Sunday. Thursday Night Football, my best player, arguably the best asset in fantasy some to some. Christian McCaffrey, down, strained hammy. Luckily, I was pissed. I threw a fit. I threw a literal hissy fit, like a six-year-old. But you know what, man? When, when you've got, I know the Saquon one, but here's the thing. I've gotten into this before. The first year when Saquon got hurt, it was a high ankle sprain. 
that's not really like a type of thing where like oh he's injury prone you know it's usually an injury where you get your ankle rolled up on or something like that and then the torn ACL happens and you're obviously scared that put me off Saquon C-Mac last year only had like the high ankle sprain I think and then he and then he also obviously had a couple other injuries towards the end of the year that just kept him shut down but that was the first year he was ever like banged up so when I when I saw again like back-to-back times when I thought a really good RB1 I had got hurt twice in a row like my RB1 best player I was just crushed. Thankfully, we're going to have C-Mac back, hopefully, within the next month. So, till then, it'll be Chuba. We'll see how he's going to do. I put myself a 1 last week, and I think that's what I get, you know? And I also had Neller at 12, so we're going to see if Neller, perhaps, surprises some. And wins again this week. I think that puts him, you know, he'd be even. He'd be even. I think things are on the app. He'd finally, like, he played E-Man and Renfro, and he picked up the dub. The boys, I shipped them. Zach Moss looks good. I don't know. Let's get into it. Number 12, drum roll. You never thought you heard that, eh? Clark. Yeah. I mean, it could be just for this week, just because Clark's flexes look like dog. And, I mean, the team didn't hit 300 last week, and they're just in a whole big rut right now. It's just not ideal. Um, Yeah, that's that. And he's one and two, right? So the same, same record as Neller, so. Neller's number 11. Neller is, a, I used to say, Neller's probably going to get used to me saying he was in number 12 last week. I said that. And I laughed when I was reading his matchup. I mean, I didn't expect his opponent to be, you know, just destroyed from uh, Foco the day before and forget to set his lineup. I, I can't see that happening. I can't foresee that, you know? Like, that's not on me. If I would have known that was happening, I probably would have picked Nellard, fuck. But I'm happy for Nelson. He picked up a dub. I honestly think his team performed well in the process. He would have beat a lot of the other teams in the league, too. He would have beat me, for one, fuck. So good on Nellard. I'm happy. I'm happy for the guy. And I hopefully he and I'd be happy to see him win again this week and beat Knack. I'd be happy to see it. Not that I'm against Knack, but I think Nellard's had a really rough go to start the year. So, it's good to see. Number 10, Trends. Fallen from number 6. I tried to defend it last week saying he's 0-2, but it's not his fault. And it's still, 0-3, it's not his fault. Third most points for and the most points against. It's a tough fucking place to be, man. I've been there before. I, I always sound like a vet. Eh? Every time I say something, a scenario, I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I've fucking been there, brother. No, but for real, I've been in a situation where you have a lot of points for, but you have the most points against, and you're like, and then you look at a team that has like no points against, and they have like a win or a couple wins over you, and you're like, man, like fucking dumb shit. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, he's the only team without a win. As much as I think his team is actually still good, I can only, I can only leave you so, so high for so long until you get a dub. So number ten, I think it's reasonable though. You know, I think it is. Number nine, we put Sandy. I mean, maybe he could be higher if he forgot to, if he doesn't forget to switch his lineup this week against us. You know, that's definitely going to be huge for him. But um, honestly, I think Saquon looks good. Damian Harrison, I think, just had a rough week last week. And I mean, Tampa's not the best matchup either. But um, me and him actually, you know what? I, I didn't even know I played him. 
until after I made the trade with him, to be honest. And I was looking, I was like, who do I play next week, actually? Because it's still like the next day doesn't show you who you play. It just shows you like the score from your last week's fantasy game. So I didn't see. And then after I made the trade, I'm like, oh, I play him. Okay. So that's probably not a good move by me to do that because uh, knowing me, like everyone I traded to him is going to go ballistic now. Anyway, um, I think Sandy's team's still solid. I think he still has, you know, firepower. It's just more so the fact that, like, I'm a little worried about, like, T. Higgins' injury and Julio Jones, like, was also banged up now. So we're going to have to follow that. And obviously the points four aren't on his side right now. But coming in at number eight, we got Rich. And uh, honestly, I think if Trey Sermon starts performing and starts maybe running away with that job before Elijah Mitchell can come back, that'd be best case for Rich. Um, and he also has A.J. Dillon. That guy is an Aaron Jones injury away from being a skyrocket RB1, right? Like, should be at least in that offense. Um, I think that there's a lot of good going for Rich. I think he's... He's adamant on fixing those flexes, but I think like if they can still once in a while give you good weeks and just, you know, you're just like, ah, maybe I don't need to fix them. Um, once in a while, that's going to happen with a will do dud for you. But if they can at least um, not really be inconsistent, I guess, you know, maybe two good weeks to one bad week, that's not that bad for the situation you're in. Um but I also think that it's it wouldn't be that difficult. He has a lot of good pieces on his bench that he could use to to bundle up and trade for a better flex. So I think it's just a matter of time before that happens. But I do like his team, and I do like that uh, Mixon's actually been performing pretty solid. So he's at least performing like an RB1 should. And now we're going to have to get into the man who, well, he's had a fall from grace. That's for sure, after last week's performance. I mean, number seven, lucky number seven, right? No one knack. Um, I do still think Knack's team is like really good on paper. Uh, I'm a little worried about what's happening in Baltimore, for sure, with that backfield. Um, but Cooper Cup's been outstanding. DeAndre Hopkins a little banged up, so I think, like, He's definitely going to start getting some looks. Uh, Boyd's kind of been a little better. AB's coming back from COVID. And Robbie Anderson, I mean, no comment, really. I don't know what to say about that. But I think the Knack is, uh, he's one and two. But I think he's a win this week against Neller away from propelling himself back up a bit. But I do think that Neller has something up his sleeve a little. Something different up his sleeve for sure. So we'll see what happens there. And number six. At two and one, we got Benny, and I think the big thing is Benny's, you know, managing to get these wins and keep himself afloat after Jacob's not even playing a single game for him yet, and I think that's like really big. Like you, to win games with Larry Roundtree as your RB three is just huge. So that and if Jacobs plays this week, especially, then you survived. You know, you went the two games you didn't have him and you won them both. I mean, that, that's going to pro- provide dividends for Benny, I think. And number five, we put the cats of piss. I mean, first loss of the year, it's tough. But you, you don't want it to happen this early. You'd like to go on a little undefeated run like the IR. But uh, 
I think that this team is still good, but I don't think this team is a championship-level team without McCaffrey. I think that's the type of guy that you build your roster around, obviously, and he he's different. You know, he's like seven yards a fucking touch usually out there. He's crazy to watch. Not having him for a few weeks is going to be tough, but we'll see how we do. I think that's that's a pretty decent rating right there. Um, I'll put Legro above me. Me and Lega, I'd say pretty close, but... uh. If anything, I thought maybe I'd still prefer my team, but Leg beat me last week. I'm not about to put myself over the guy. I ain't doing it. So I think Leg's actually in a pretty good position. Um, And I almost forgot to say this. Kudos to Leg. I was talking about it last week, and I was looking at his roster, and I said, you know what? I think I'm. if I were you, Leg, I would play Tony Pollard over Cole Beasley. I, I said it. If Legro would have listened to me, he would have lost to me. And I didn't say it as some sort of, like, I, I fully would have played Pollard over Beasley. But Legro stuck with his gut. He stuck with who he wanted. He said, no, it's not time yet for Pollard. And you know what? Good for him. It won him a game. Sticking with his gut and going with his guy. Something you love to see. I pick up on small things like that. I see them. You know, good for you, Tyler. Very good for you. At number three, we got Burley. Um, What's going to be really big is... Ayuk needs to prove two weeks in a row he's out the doghouse. We don't want to see the guy go for 16 points and then the next week disappear again. You're like, uh-oh, this ain't going to be good. But um, Danny Dimes has been a really good fantasy QB so far. He's got the, I mean, Philly's offense didn't look good in regards to Miles Sanders, but, I mean, he has a very strong quarterback. Uh very good running backs. Um, I said quarterbacks. Very good quarterbacks. Very good running backs. And, I mean, the receivers obviously are banged up right now. But I still think, like, if Mike Evans is going to be even remotely producing, like, the way he is, like, you can rely on him to be around that top 20 range. I think that he'll be able to survive and stick around the top. Um, Christian Kirk has also been absolutely, like, lights out. He's been, like, almost like a go-to target for Kyler. Like, he's... Honestly, though, if Christian Kirk is wide receiver 14, nobody really would have expected that up to this point, especially when you take into account that Nuke is, like, wide receiver 27. Like, it doesn't even make sense, you know what I mean? Like, but I do think that's just in indicative of, like, teams are probably going out of their way more. I mean, Nuke's a little banged up right now, but teams are going out of their way to try and stop. DeAndre Hopkins because he's a main threat in that passing offense and if you take him away I still think they have a lot of targets there like look AJ Green went off last week and now you have Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore I think this is kind of indicative that teams are really trying to take Nuke away from Kyler I don't know that's just kind of how I see it so far but for all we know it could literally be because Nuke is not 100% but at number two and number one, these are two guys who uh, wanted to both be number one. They both told me I expect myself to be number one in the power rankings. Both told me that yesterday. Um, and you know what? Moose is uh, number two. And I think Moose's team is like really, really obviously. I can't say enough about it. Um, but I got to give number one to Brody. He's three and zero. And nobody expected it. He had to deal with a Dobbins injury, which was just a massive blow. Like, that's a guy you spend your entire uh, planning around, right? Like, you know, at the draft and everything. Like, and 
to just have that like gone and then you have to completely revamp your entire roster, trade your first round pick and it's just good to see it pay dividends and he had to take some risks and make some deals that, you know, um you obviously don't want to, but with the situation he was thrown into, he made it work. He's got more help coming with like Bateman coming off the IR and stuff. Um that'll probably be good for him if Shepard misses some time. But overall, I think Brody's team has just been like there were obviously going to be some risks that we looked at and we said some aren't maybe going to pan out. As of right now, you would say Pitts maybe hasn't, Elijah Moore, but Jamar Chase has been like a league winner type of pick in the round Brody got him right now. So, I mean, like, it all depends, and especially Kareem Hunt can keep fucking doing big with his touches, then there's no way Cleveland can stray away from giving him the ball. Javante Williams is, I don't know, yeah, I'm jerk to the guy. He's a monster. It's only a matter of time before he just actually starts getting more and more work. Melvin won't ever just not get touches, but Javante is slowly working out to just prove that the ball moves better for our offense if he's in the game. Um, And then Gibson. I mean, what's scary enough, and it's not scary because big plays happen, but it's like Gibson obviously has been unreal, but if you take away that 73-yarder, he had a rough, that 73-yard catch, he had a rough uh, outing. But it's it's important to look at the fact that he had to acquire Gibson as his RB1 because he was trading away Kamara, right? So, I mean, Gibson is RB11. And that is like, you know, you cannot be mad at that. That's a top, that's in our league usually, like if he, if he finishes as an RB11, you'll be a first round pick in fantasy next year, no doubt. Um, And Alvin Kamara is RB18, the guy he traded away. So, I mean, I think that, that was the thing I was saying to him. I was like, you know what? There's a chance Gibson could even finish ahead of Kamara. So, that was a big reason I told Brody to go do the deal um, when he got Hunt and uh, Gibby. But I think that you just got to give someone like that credit because it's not easy to have your keeper, who was actually a pretty, like, decent round. Like, not, like, a decent, but sixth round is good for the value for Dobbins. But a sixth round pick in general to not have one, it's, you know, it's still a big piece just to throw away and uh, to bounce back and put some wins together all this while Jimmy Garoppolo was still the quarterback it's going to be different when Trey Lance takes over too I think that's a that's a dual threat at QB that is pretty scary on fantasy so you know what it's good for the IR they're on top and that's this week's power rankings man that's all I can say brother It is time for Well Shit. Well Shit, boys. We're back. And you know what? I actually kept track of my Well Shits from last week. So we're going to see. I kept the names at least. Well, I had Herbert, Clyde, and Kittle. Pretty good for Wells, I'd say. Herbert, I said, was bound to have a bigger game. Like, he's been around that 30-point range. And he was probably going to have a big game, I felt, at least. In a, in a game that was probably going to be pretty high scoring, which it was. And Herbert... went off. Good for him. Clyde actually had a good game also. So it's good to see him finally bounce back. And same with Kittle. I was three for three there. Not bad. And shits. I said Devin Singletary. Um, Let's be honest. I didn't even really pay attention to Singletary last week. He got seven points. He was pretty shit. Zach Wilson. That one shouldn't even count. Like that was so easy to predict, but he was fucking shit. And I said Kirk Cousins. That's pretty much the only one I got wrong. I thought Kirk would fall a little more down to earth, but 
45 points. You can't really say that's shit, right? We're going to move on to this week, though. Well, I'm saying Woods is coming back. Robert Woods is bound for a big game, man. Like, I can't explain why he hasn't popped off yet, especially in terms of how that offense is looking. But I definitely think, oh, sorry, no, something about Josh Gordon. Andy Reid on when Josh Gordon may be able to play in a game. It's going to take a while, probably not going to be this week. Well, I could have told you that, Andy. What did they give you in that hospital to make you say something so fucking dumb like this? Anyways, yeah, I think Robert Woods is bound to go pop off. I don't know. Feel it. It's coming. This week. Book it. Trey Sermon is my next well. I think that he came in and he got majority of the work, but it was still kind of underwhelming performance. Um, I think he can lock up the job for for, you know, probably the year if he plays really good, like the next couple of games. I think that this upcoming game is big for them. Uh, if Sermon gets majority of the workload, I think he, he'll he be better than 16 points or whatever, put it that way. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh-oh. Isaiah Wilson's back, signing a practice squad deal with the Giants. Damn. That rap career fell off quick then, huh? Quicker than mine, brother. My next last well is DJ Chark. The sole reason he was on the Piss Cats last week, he got traded to the player, that, the team that the Piss Cats play this week. He's going to pop off against the Piss Cats, man. That's how it works. That's literally how it works. Shit. Big Ben. I mean, this isn't like a diss, but Buddy should have retired, man. They were talking again, all this fucking diet shit, and he's coming in looking... Man, like, he doesn't look good. So stop with that. He looks awful. Like, for real. And he's honestly costing a really good defense and an offense that has so many weapons a run to the playoffs because he stinks. He threw a fucking check down to Najee behind the line of scrimmage. They were in the red zone on 4th and ten. He didn't even get a fucking yard, and then she actually hurdled a guy in the play, and he's lucky he didn't get fucking hurt in the process. Why are you hurdling somebody on fourth and ten, and you're not even back at the line of scrimmage? Score the bound. I'm not even a Steelers fan, but... And Big Ben, yes, he's a legend in that franchise, but man, he should have fucking retired, because he's hurting this team more than he's helping it. Put it that way. Stinks, smells, shouldn't be playing. And he's going to be stinky again this week, so yeah. Kenny Galladay is my other one. Uh, I think that he's going to have Marshawn Lattimore following him around. Probably for the most part. Especially if Shepard's out. So, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a tough game for Galladay. Not against his talent. But I think that Lattimore's actually been pretty good when he plays this year. He's been kind of shutting down receivers. So, And my last shit. I mean, last week if Zach Wilson was an easy shit, I'm going again with one. It's Robbie Anderson. Honestly, part of me thinks Robbie Anderson may actually get like two or three catches this week. But uh, I don't know what they'll be for. Could be like 10 yards. Could be 15. It, to me, it's amazing how they, you extend a guy and don't throw him the football. But you know what? It's the way she goes, right? I mean, I wouldn't count out Robbie Anderson bouncing back this season. I really think it's possible. But... um 
I don't know if the guy is startable right now uh, in fantasy, even in our league, man. It's been rough to see. Like, yes, I don't know. If I'm not, I mean, you got Darius Slayton on your bench. Why the hell not? At least I think I've seen him get more work and more deep field shots than Robbie Anderson has. So, I don't know. Then again, I told Legro to play, uh, obviously, I told him to play Pollard over Beasley. And if he would have done that, he would have lost. So I wouldn't listen to me knock if I were you, but. Something to think about. Anyway, boys, that's going to wrap up this week's show, podcast, whatever you want to call it. And um, best of luck to everybody out there. Hopefully we stay healthy, you know, and move on to week five. But uh, I honestly just want to say a big shout out to our number one listener, and that's Joe Caruso. I mean... The guy can recite every episode line for line if he wanted. He always is asking if he's going to be number one in the power rankings. And he always takes it personally when he isn't up there. Um, So thanks for listening, Joe. It means a lot. Have a great day.